Hi, Raphael Bender here, founder of Breathe Education, and you're listening to the Pilates Elephants podcast with me and my co-host, Chloe Bunter. There are many things that are awesome about the Pilates industry. However, many of the practices we take for granted are out of date or just plain pseudoscientific. These are the elephants in the room in Pilates, and we're here to talk about them openly and honestly, and with a fair few F-bombs thrown in. This show is about debunking the myths and giving you science-based tools to become a better, happier, and more fearless teacher. If you've been enjoying the show and you want to give back, give us a five-star rating and write us a glowing review on Apple Podcast app. That'll help other instructors find the show and let us know we're making a difference. Hey, Chloe. Hi, Raf. How are you? Wait, 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 wait. Should I guess? Okay, I'll give you three guesses. <laughs> Do I need three guesses? I don't I'm know. pretty sure I can. Oh, well, I'm going to go with one. I'm going to say you're awesome. Yeah, I'm fucking awesome today. Okay, I'm, great. I'm gonna, okay. I'm, okay, in a, okay. I'm in a very positive frame of mind at the moment. Hey, know, that's yeah, nice. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's exciting times for us. Like, uh, you know, the, it's fun doing the podcast. A lot of people are listening to it. Um, I just came off giving my lecture for the week, which I, you know, is always puts me on a high. Um, and you know, there were some fantastic questions and discussions that we had. About let everyone topic. know what the let everyone know what the the lecture was for. What what course and uh, what, for our what topic? D- Diploma of Clinical Pilates, and it's week eight, which is programming for strength. And uh, so it's basically all of the. You know, most current research and best practice on how to maximise strength. If you're working with somebody who needs rehabilitation or just wants to get stronger for whatever reason, um, yeah. So that you know, that's a very topic I'm very interested in, and so I had fun putting the lecture together. And uh, topic the students seemed to be very interested in. We had lots of questions and conversations. So mm, yeah, awesome. Because I think a lot of the time it gets uh, particularly. Particularly in the Pilates world, especially when you know when we're working with um, reformers and whatnot, it can get quite easily confused between endurance and strength, right? Yeah, I think I think very, I, very I think easily, it's pretty very easy. quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I've confused it before. And you know, and if you just if you're teaching a group reformer class or mat work or whatever, it's like it doesn't really matter. You know, at the end of the day, it's like as long as people are moving and sweating a bit, you know, it's all good. But, um, you know, if you do want to kind of uh, actually help people to get stronger, there are, you know, there's certain ways to go about it and uh, understanding the difference between strength and endurance is probably a good starting point. That sounds like a, a topic for an episode of Elements, doesn't it? Have we done that yet? We haven't done that yet. No, we haven't. Well, should we do that one? I think we might need to, Ralph. I think, I think... <laughs> I think I think everyone I think we've just like everyone's going, Oh, cool. Okay, great. Tell us. <laughs> Maybe we can do a bit of both of what we were what we were thinking about. Because right, I cause I wanted to chat about like we were, you know, the prior so Raf and I jumped on the call just before now because I was having some some tech issues and uh, you'll all you'll all be really um really surprised to know that the, the tech solve was switch it off, switch it back on. Works every time. I can't even like. I was getting really frustrated. It's the roadcaster. I checked all the cords, checked all the leads. I was like, you know, sometimes you feel like you're going mad. You're like, I can't possibly like everything is plugged in perfectly, exactly as it was last time, but it's not working like it was last time. Mm. And so my personality then is to go like I'm just like, oh, like I'm like the emoji with the exploding head, and also the swearing emoji and the you know yeah you were the, the swearing steam. emoji. The swearing emoji, the steam coming out your ears. Emo- like, I'm not the, like, the cool. Yeah. And Ross is like, okay, have you tried switching it off? I'm like, oh, let's see if this is going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just humor him. <laughs> Switch it off. <laughs> Switch it back on. Oh, yeah, it's working again. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. You're going to send me the bill, weren't you? Yeah. That one? <laughs> Probably cost me a heap as well. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Thanks, Ralph. And anyway, we were talking about it, you know, and we we've I think we have touched on this in our podcast before. Well, no, we have definitely because in our um, we're hiring episode of the podcast mm-hmm. where 
something that we really pride ourselves on at Breathe Education that we model and that we, uh, you know, it's it's big part of how our how we communicate with each other in our business is radical candor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I have often had the conversation, haven't we, Raph, that everything, which, like we really like radical candor. You and I are really good at it, I think. Yep. I don't think I. Yeah. I, well, I think you're awesome pretty at good it. at it. I think, I think we're both pretty good at it, yeah. You don't think you're good at it? I think you're great at it. You don't think – no, no, do you think, think I'm good. better at radical candor than you? No. Uh, I think we're both good. I think, we're, we're both, I think we're good. we both do it in different ways, yeah. Yeah, we do do it in different ways. We do do it in different ways. And radical candor is just awesome because it's basically how to get what you want by saying what you mean. Taking the – and I'm, I'm quoting that directly from Radical Candor, which is, you know, an amazing book by Kim Scott. And uh, – yeah, it just makes things so much simpler. You take the emotion out of it. There's no, you know how things can feel passive aggressive sometimes when people dance around what they're trying to say or it can just, or it leads to confusion. There's so many things that not just being candid. And candid doesn't mean being mean or being hurtful or anything like that. It's just very, anyway, have I gone into, have I segued now into that? <laughs> and I'm like, which elephant are we doing today? What yeah, are we talking about today? I well, Chloe ta- wants to do both. <laughs> I thought we were talking about strength training a minute ago. What happened? Yeah, I know, but then you got me all excited about radical candor. Um, I and I don't know that radical candor is a whole is a whole episode, but I'm just saying get on board the radical candor train. Get yourself the book. It's really simple. It's really, like it's simple, right? It is pretty simple, but I think it's not easy. Mm. Um, yeah. All right. So, let, are we talking about radical candor for a bit? Let's talk about. Yeah, let's talk about because I don't think it's a full episode. Let's have a chat about radical candor and just some tips to help people. Okay. In with with how they communicate, well, um, but it's particularly effective. I find it particularly effective in a work environment, like in a team environment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I find it particularly effective. It can be yeah. a little tougher with family members. Yeah. I think, yeah, well, can we, can we bookmark that and can we okay. start with like what, you know, what problem are we solving? You know, like what are the, what are the things that you notice that, you know, the frustrations or, or whatever that you might notice that would suggest that maybe you need to invoke a bit of radical candor? You know, what are the symptoms of an absence of radical candor? Oh, Well, I mean, really, it comes down to, well, it can be in regards to performance, kind of. It can be in regards to um, feedback on, like, a task or uh, something you need doing or, um, yeah. No, help me out here, Raf. Okay, I'll help you out. Um, so, yeah, I reckon for me, it's uh, when you when you feel frustrated about somebody, but you don't say anything to them about it because you think that they won't get it, mm. um, or when you find yourself having a conversation with someone about someone else and kind of plotting and scheming about, oh, how will we kind of get this person on board with the program? Or like, you know, even worse, just kind of having a whinge about somebody and, you know, about how they, they don't get it or they they do some, this thing that's wrong or whatever. Um, so basically when you have a problem with someone and you don't, you find yourself not confronting them about it directly or bringing it up, but you either just, you know, stew on it or you, you sort of use passive aggressive tactics like, you know, moaning and sighing at them or <laughs> um, <laughs> or like eye rolling or yeah or like yeah. or like you know I mean I can just imagine a situation this isn't a real situation I've been in but I can imagine just say like you walk into the studio to teach a class and the, the instructor before you has left it a bit messy you know maybe the straps aren't put back on the reformers uh-huh. properly there's fitness uh-huh. circles lying around the floor the springs are off and loose you know whatever it might be and you're like you're like grr you know this is the third week in a row this has happened and so you kind of uh-huh. stomp around the room a bit putting everything straight in the hope that they'll hear you stomping you know, and 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 take that as a as a clear communication that they need to clean up the studio a bit better before next time. You know, rather than just just actually running out and grabbing and going, oh, like yeah, I'm terribly sorry, but when you leave a studio in a mess like that, that really impacts my 
you know, experience. Do you need to only- say I'm terribly sorry? I, I would I would just start it with um, mm. I'm sure you don't mean this to mm. to mm. impact uh, me or any of the rest of the team. However, when you leave the studio like this, prior to someone else coming in to teach a class, it impacts my time because I've then got to run around, get it all cleaned up, doesn't look good for the clients, I get frustrated, you know, I prefer to be spending that time greeting the clients, talking to them, seeing how they're going, you know, creating that environment. So, um, going forward, it'd be awesome if you could please just leave it as you found it, nice and tidy, da-da-da, ready to go. See, Chloe, you are better at radical candor than me. Sorry, I probably am, yeah. I, well, you know why? You know what was really interesting for me? Is that, well, A, you know, I do a lot of radical candor, but because um, I use it because it's interesting how you're saying it's like instead of stewing in this and that, but I sort of particularly within, particularly within my team um, and how I communicate within the business is all radical. Like I see that that is just being radically candid all the time. Like that is my communication style. So, um uh, what was really interesting for me, because you know how you said, I'm terribly sorry. So I can't remember where I read it or something, but what was really interesting is they've done study, they've done a study and I've, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to find it for you guys. I'm sorry. You're just going to kind of have to <laughs> probably cherry picked it from somewhere. No, you're just going to have to take my word for this. But it was basically, it was basically apparently women, particularly in business, when they're writing emails or directives, tend to say, they start it, they preface it with, I just wanted to say, or I just, <sighs> right? I'm sorry. I just, I'm terribly sorry. They, they put I just in front of it. Mm-hmm. And it's particular, it, apparently, it's more prevalent in females, mm-hmm. right? And females in business. And that really resonated with me. And you know what? You know when you can't unsee something? Mm-hmm. I noticed that absolutely I had been doing that. In, so it, it's sort of like I didn't want to come across as too directional or mm-hmm. too, you know, it, it's a softer landing. I just. And from that moment, I have taken that preface out of any sentence mm-hmm. I start. And I've done it actually in my private life too because – Again, it's like you're making a – it's like you're saying sorry before you've mm-hmm. said what you've got to say and why is what I've got to say any less relevant than anyone else. And also, mm. you know what? Like we need to get shit done. Like you work in a business. You just need to directly get stuff done, mm. don't you? Mm, you, you know? Um, and if you set that up as um, the culture, the culture is a radically candid culture, actually no one sees it as offensive. Because I remember having this great conversation with Shaman as well, um, Shaman who's one of our amazing trainers at Breathe. And when Shaman came into the business, like all of our trainers and everyone that works at Breathe, they get a copy of Radical Candor, yeah, sure they, you know, they're asked to read it and they're asked to model it and, you know, they have their discussions with their supervisors. So, Shaman would discuss, you know, Radical Candor with me, particularly a lot at the beginning when he first started. And um, it comes really natural. Shaman's really great communicator and he's a natural communicator and he's he's actually really great with modelling um, Radical Candor as well. And he said, you know, Chloe, I used to think like it's almost like People can look at it, particularly when you write it and say you're writing it in a quick message to someone. It can look very direct because you are taking out the fancy, you know, and you're not doing the I just and I'm Mm. sorry and, oh, it's like, oh, if you have time, can you do this? It's like, this is what I need done. This is why. Awesome. Thanks. You know, and he's like, it's very direct or, um, yeah. So, but if that's the culture that's set up, it's really empowering and it's just, really nice and you just get shit done and radical candor is about the behavior not the person yeah it's Mm. about yeah so so it's not a personal dig at someone Mm. and and i think that the main thing is that you're always coming from a place of this person is trying their best has tried their best in this circumstance you're coming from that um, or if they have done something, let's say this is in regards to something where you've had a miscommunication and these all these things happen, you know, we've all got different personalities. You're very rare that you're going to get in a workplace where everyone's got the same personality, right? And potentially not effective either because no. different personalities bring different superpowers, don't yeah. they? You know, yeah. 
Um, so, I, and that's been a journey for me as well to 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 learn that and be comfortable with that. And um, what that also can mean, though, when there are those different personalities in different ways, you know, you can sometimes go, oh, did that person mean it like that? So, coming in with radical candor with, um, I'm sure this was not your intent. However, when you did X, it made me feel like, why could we talk about it? Is that your understanding of it as well? Mm-hmm. And then that just opens a really lovely – and the majority of the time the other person will be like, oh, sh- shit, I'm so – like I'm genuinely sorry. I did not mean that in that way at all. Here's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Or they might say, yeah, actually, what you did pissed me off. Can we talk about it? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, like let's have a chat. And then that's awesome too because it's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to piss you off here. Let's talk about it, you know. So I think either way it's a win-win. Mm. It's it's very difficult though when you've not been used to, you know, to being radically candid. And I guess, um, you know, to just sort of, really be clear radical candor is a book by kim scott it's and it's Mm -hmm. basically just uh it's a real simple little formula of how to just say what's on your mind to people you know just say what you mean rather than kind of dancing around a topic or using euphemisms or you know hinting at things or being passive aggressive you just say what you mean you know and um and but there's a little formula which basically says uh you know when you do this behavior it has this effect and Mm. it would, you know, be appreciated or it would be better if you did the behavior this way or if you did this different behavior instead, you know, this would be the better way to do it. Um, You know, Mm. like, like your little example before, like, okay, when you leave the studio messy and the the straps off the headrest and the springs undone, that means I have to, I have to run around, you know, the three minutes I have before my class starts instead of greeting my clients, I'm busy putting straps back on headrests and muttering under my breath. Um, and I prefer to spend that time connecting with my clients and that would be a much better experience for me and a better experience for the clients. And so it would be awesome if, you know, moving forward, you could just leave the studio tidy. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Did I do better Definitely. that time? Yeah, it was great. Thank right, you. Thanks. It was nice and direct. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so no tiptoeing around things, just being super clear, super, you know. Yeah. And, and I had that in, I've had that in studios before. And literally in regards to how the room was left, mm, literally mm. in oh, regards to like you, you, you walk people. in, yeah. some foot bars are up, some are down. There's yeah. props all over the bloody little squishy balls. Are, yeah. You know, I remember walking yeah. in and I was like, there's 10 squishy balls just randomly all over the floor. A, that's a massive tripping hazard, including to me, let alone to the clients. What the F? <laughs> and it was as simple as, hey, this has happened to the dirt. And the the, the person, because it was in a um, a group, um, we weren't quite sure who was it, you know, because it was at night. I wasn't sure who did it. So it was in a group chat, literally that, and the person went, oh, yeah, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I had to run, I, ha- I had to run out really quick. This was the reason why. I get that that must have been a massive pain in the bum for you. I'm really sorry it won't happen again, and it never happened again. Mm, awesome. How cool is that? Hey, maybe we could just kind of role play through a couple of little um, things because – you know, I, I bet like I bet that's a situation that happens in a lot of workplaces, right? Someone leaves the studio messy, you know, before your class, and that really can be irritating because you rock up and you've got like you know fifteen seconds before your class starts because the last class just finished, and you and now you've got to spend time cleaning up the studio. So that's a really that's a really kind of irritating thing for a lot of people, I imagine. Um, but I bet there are others, like right. So what are some situations where people might benefit from? using a bit of radical candor. So like what about a situation where uh, I don't know, the 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 own, the studio owner kind of, you know, always rings you for covers first or never rings you for covers or asks you to do, mm, you know, cleaning up the studio is, for no money or what yeah, what would yeah. be some of the things? Mm, that's a goodie. That's a really goodie. Okay, it's a really goodie. That's yeah. a real goodie. Really goodie. <laughs> it's a really goodie. <laughs> really goodie. <laughs> yeah, because those conversations can be hard. Yeah. So, right? what what do you can reckon feel might awkward. be a, what might, what might be a one that you know in your experience is kind of a common one that a lot of people kind of are probably at home right now. I think a really common about. one. 
Um, I think a really common one, in, there's a few really common ones in the Pilates world, definitely the cover situation, uh, having to find your own cover when you're really dead crook oh, yeah. as well, okay, when you're great. really, really sick right. is, is so, really common. And <laughs> let's talk about that one. Let's talk about that one. And then let's move on. Let's do another one. So having to, all okay. right. So basically you've got a studio, you work at a studio and the studio policies, you have to find your own covers. And then one day you wake up, you've got gastro, you're vomiting all over the bedroom projectile style. And you're just like, you know, you, you can't even see straight, let alone, you know, mm-hmm. find a cover. And it's like, it's your responsibility to find a cover. You can't just mm-hmm. text the boss and go, I am sick as a dog. Can you please <laughs> sort this out yep. for me? Mm-hmm. All right. So it actually happened to tell the exact thing happened to one of my colleagues and I when we were teaching at the same studio. We caught the gastro off each other mm. from and and need to work yeah. on your hand hygiene a bit, maybe. Oh, well, it was like, yeah, or maybe like that's the other thing. Sometimes the culture too can't it be that you push through being crook when in teaching, neither of us should have been yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it right. was anyway. So we both caught it. All right, and so you know, once you're feeling a bit better and you you're back at the back at the studio, you know, how would how would uh, how would that conversation? How would you handle that conversation with the studio owner in an ideal world? What would a radically candid, you know, follow up to that look like? Should we role play it out? Hey, Chloe, I'm I'm glad you're feeling better. Better. Welcome back to the studio. Thanks. <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> Gastro, you know, most people are like, oh my God, gastro is just horrific. I'm like, yes, it's horrific. Um, I would literally say you've got a moment to have a chat. Like I would just say it if I hadn't already messaged them this. Mm. Remember, Raph, I'm very radically mm. candid. Mm. So I would have said, yeah, hey, Raph, yeah, look, I'm back. I'm feeling, you know, I'm not feeling 100%, but I'm feeling all right. I um, mean, you've got a moment to have a chat. Sure, sure. Awesome, thanks. Um Okay, where would I go from here? I'd just be like, look, as you know, I was really crook. Uh, and when I'm that crook or when, some, when, you know, when you're sick, it's really, I mean, I couldn't even get out of bed. I was kind of like, you know, toilet, bed, mainly toilet. How do I, <laughs> trying to find a cover when you're sick is, um, it, it puts a lot of extra stress on you. I mean, I just needed to be, you know, I needed to not be communicating with anyone uh, like that. Is there uh, something we can put in place that would be a, a solve for that in the future or for those that, you, yeah, I don't know. Where are we going with this? Yeah, great. I reckon that's good. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's sorry. It's, I, it sounds a bit like I haven't got my acting skills on today. But, no, you know, fine. like that would that would flow and, you know, it might feel a bit awkward, particularly when you're talking to a boss and particularly when the culture is you're crook, you find your cover. Uh-huh. But I think that, that that also is manifesting too because maybe, maybe us Pilates instructors haven't put enough boundaries up either. Yeah. Right? Because the other one that's really common, um, and I get it too, Raph, and you and I have talked about this before. We've been in the industry a long time. We're very assured in our voice. We're very comfortable and confident we are in a position that we, you know, we can talk like we, you know, it's not, I'm not scared to say that very, just very clearly. So I totally get that that can feel intimidating. And I'd say that that's why probably this culture has perpetuated so long as well. The other really common one is being contacted at all, all, you know, times at night, weekends, every all, it's like a 24 hour, but to be fair, but what I will say here is that that just doesn't just go towards the instructor. Instructors contact, like I've had that many studio managers say to me before, oh my God, I can't wait until I've got nothing to do with rosters (laughs) because they get the, you know, it's got, and everyone's connected on Instagram and you know that that person's been out raving all night. And then all of a sudden in the group chat at like 1am, oh, I'm not feeling real good. Can someone cover my 6am block? And it's like, no, but you know, like that's that bless that studio manager, the person who's in, in charge of rosters they are going to have to engage with that because otherwise that teacher's not showing up at 6am but a whole booked full class is showing up. Yeah. So but, it's, a, it's a toughie. That's so where as a, the as radical candor's got to go both yeah, ways. That's where as a studio manager you've got to have some radically candid conversations with that person. 
Yes, and I think that there needs to be boundaries around contact hours and how the contact works and, you know, having a Slack channel is awesome because if people engage on Slack at 12 o'clock 12 at night or whatever, that's their prerogative, yeah. right? Um, but getting, you know, a text message 24-7, yeah, no stuff like that probably. becomes becomes invasive um, and, yeah, and again, so having the, you know, um, so, having so, that, that so conversation. Can we role play that one out? And yeah, can actually, I have a go? Well, I can use – oh, yeah, sure. Go for it. Well, Chloe, I'm – you know, I'm glad glad you're back at work today. I'm sorry I missed we missed you this morning uh, for the six a.m. class. Have you got yeah, a minute I was to have a raving last night? No, no. <laughs> have you got a minute to have a quick a quick conversation? Just back here in the yeah, office, out where the customers really can't hear us. Scary, Raph. I feel like I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> and here's the thing: if I was out raving last night and I did that, I should know I'm about to. Yeah. You are in trouble. You know, That's the I thing. should be coming in with my tail between my legs. Yeah. Yes. Hey, um, <laughs> Chloe. You know when you. When you call in sick for your six a.m. class at one a.m., um, that really causes a lot of uh, trouble for me uh, because I have to then uh, you know, call people up at ridiculous hours of the night, and that causes that's very invasive for our instructors. You know, they get woken up at four a.m. with a text mm-hmm. message saying, "Can you teach at 6? Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are just taught the night before at eight o'clock, so it really mm-hmm. puts a lot of people out of whack and and causes people to lose literally lose sleep because i have to wake people up and so uh plus it disappoints our clients who were expecting your class because they love the way you teach as do i and so you know moving forward uh it it will be you know much better if you can just uh you know manage your time so if you know you're going to be going out and having a big blinder um, we'll plan in advance and get yourself covered, you know, maybe a week in advance rather than at one o'clock in the morning. Oh, I love that, Ralph. That was very good. I was really hoping you were going to bring in because one that I found that studio uh, managers have had a lot of success with is particularly for the particularly for the instructor that gets the last minute covers or gets a lot of covers and regularly is the whole, well, clients are actually booking in for you. Yeah. They're not – like they're coming to your class. They're not going to another – like it's you they're after. Yeah. So when you last-minute cover because you want to go to a party or something instead, you disappoint them. Yeah. And most instructors, most instructors will not want to disappoint their clients because it, we like that's part of the beauty of being – I'm sure everyone that's listening to this that's a Pilates instructor – Absolutely adores their clients. It's, you know, it's the joy, isn't it? It's why you go mm, to work. It is. Really. I mean, it's just the best. Um, so I find that one really resonates. So if you're a studio owner and you haven't pulled that one on your <laughs> instructors yet, definitely do because it's very true. All right. And what- if you're an instructor, and conversely, if you're an instructor out there and you have done that, and look, we've all done it. We've all done the cheeky last minute cover. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a saint and I've never done that. I've got a very, very, very strong work ethic and it, and I wouldn't take it lightly. Um, but I, I'm sure I haven't been a saint in over eight years of teaching, right, and starting off when I was quite a bit younger. So, you know, it's we've, we've all done it, but you, you have to sit with that and think, do I want to – do I want to disappoint my clients? But also uh, it sort of starts to wane a little bit of connection and trust with your clients yeah. too. And also with your colleagues. if you do it regularly. And with your colleagues, yeah, it, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, all right. So I think, all right, so we've solved these two situations for people. What about, um, you know, because one that leaps to my mind is that I get a lot of questions from people about is pay. And where people are, you know, going for a job um, at a mm. studio and they get offered a certain amount and they're thinking in their head, gee, that doesn't sound like much. You know, I was expecting a bit more than that. Mm. <laughs> um, is, you know, is that right? And then then I get the question on social media or email or whatever. It's like, okay, you know, yeah, I just I got offered this much. Yeah, I get regularly on it, Ralph. Yeah. yeah. And so, so um, you know, not, not that I don't want to go into a question of like how much should you get paid here because that's a whole different episode. But I'm thinking about like when you've got a gut feeling that you're like, I'm not really – you know, that doesn't feel like an amount that I'd be happy to work for, you know, and feel good about the whole experience. You know, how do you, how do you have that conversation with the employer? Um, and how do you, you know, like, how, how would you mm. use radical candor in that situation? 
Well, sure. Well, the thing first, first, what I want to say, and, and I've I've marvelled on this for a while, and absolutely since teaching um, teaching trainee teachers, when you go to a corporate job, right? When you're going to, you know, go to an interview for a desk job or to work with the government or to whatever, you wouldn't blink twice at talking about pay. And asking for what you want, or uh, like negotiate, like it's it's really just part and parcel of that process. It's not awkward. It's not like oh, you're not allowed to ask how much I'm going to get paid, right? But for some reason, in the Pilates realm, I mean, I remember someone coming to work at a studio I was working at, and he'd already taken on like the classes. And I sort of said, you know, just as like buddy system, I'm like, oh, do you know you know when to send your invoice? And then he goes, I actually don't know how much I'm getting paid. And I said, you've taken on the job and you don't know what rate you're getting for your classes? To me, that's my, sorry, but to me, that's mind blowing. So again, it's like this weird culture that's being set up. And I'm not going to say this is everywhere. I'm not, you know, tarring it with the same brush. But it does seem pretty prevalent and and I still think it's prevalent because I still get the students going, you know, the DMs or the grads going, hey, Chloe, I'm on this amount. Does that seem not, look, I don't know how to ask for more. I feel like I should ask for more. Like literally I just had a student, uh, sorry, a grad message me the other week, oh, Chloe, I'm on this. Look, I've been doing a really good job. My classes are consistent, um, consistently full. I've built great relationships with the clients. I stay back and I tidy up and I, you know, I'm real. I, you know, I clean around the studio. I'm doing all of these things. Do you think I could ask for a pay rise? And I said, what do you mean? Do you think you could ask for a pay rise? Mm. Of course you can. Of course you can negotiate. Doesn't mean you can, uh, it doesn't mean you're going to get one. Let's role play that know, out. Let's role play that out. Do you want yeah. to be that? You want to be this the the Pilates instructor, or do I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, you be the Pilates instructor. I feel like you're being good. I'm going to be the. I'm going to be the. Um, I'm going to be the the tight lipped studio owner. Okay. Hey, Chloe. Mm. Hi, Raf. How hey. are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm awesome. Have, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Have you good. got? Have you got See, about your numbers are down a little. <laughs> 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 have you have you got a couple How of minutes? You? <laughs> have you got a couple of minutes to have a conversation? Yeah, I'd love to, Raf. Okay, so here we are now, somewhere private in the office or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Chloe, I just wanted to say that I love working here, and, and I, we love having you. I really appreciate you know the clients here, and I appreciate the the environment, and I love the the culture here and the people that I work with. And, you know, I hope it shows that I love working here. You know, like I'm always on time. Uh, you know, I'm never less than 10 minutes early for my class. I'm always cheerful when I arrive and I always, you know, greet the clients and by name and I remember who they are and I remember their little things that they've got going on and what their dog's name is. And I always leave the studio, you know, immaculately tidy and I, I've never once, you know, called in sick and I you know do covers for people you know, whenever I'm asked, I don't think I've said no to a cover in the last six months. Um, and so I hope it does show that I really love working here. Um, and I've seen since my since I started here that my classes have gradually and now steadily built in popularity and to the point where now most of my classes have a wait list to them. Um, and, you know, as such, I'm starting to feel like, you know, I'm, I'm now providing additional value to the studio. And uh, as such, I'm hoping we can have a conversation about um, reviewing my pay. Ah, fantastic, Ralph. Uh, yes, we absolutely, we love having you and the clients love you. And that's very obvious by the glowing reviews they give you on Mind Body and by your packed out classes. And yes, we have noticed that you are the first to put your hand up for the covers and you're always keeping the studio nice and clean. Uh, Yes, I think we can absolutely uh, discuss a pay review. Awesome. When what be- did you have in mind? Ah. We can discuss it now. What did you have in mind? <laughs> and this is where I say bring in a bit of negotiation. And this mm. is what I said to mm. my – so this has played out. This is brilliant, Raf. And this is this has played out exactly how I coached our grad the other day. Mm-hmm. To You know, I said get – and but I also want to put my hand up and say that 
it's not different to going into a job review uh, for a pay rate at, in, a, in a corporate role either. Mm. You need to come to a review with, with you know, a list of reasons why yeah. you deserve your yeah. performance, yeah. you know, and, the, and um, the output from that performance and the results you are getting, why that deserve, you know, why you deserve a pay raise. Yeah. Okay, rise. Um, so it's no different. And we've got, I think that's the important thing here is that we don't treat it differently to the corporate world. I know it often is, and there seems to be maybe a little more emotion tied into it or something, or maybe we think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but just candidly, politely say all the things that, and if you are that awesome, the studio owner is going to know yeah, that. They're going to know they'll you're notice. that awesome. And, and they'll, I be, they'll be going like, I can't believe Chloe hasn't asked for a pay rise yet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'd also be saying though, and this is what I um, coached my grad with, with coming with something a little higher because there might be some negotiation. I'm like, you may as well go for the higher amount, right? And um, she's got back to me and she said, thank you so much. It went really well. There was a bit of negotiation. So they came in at the halfway mark between sort of the higher rate and what she was already on mm. and she's instantly got an increase in her in her class rate. Mm. And hey, can we also say back to some David Chloe's dad's advice, mm. which we all know is going to be great. Um, he always says if you never ask, the answer is always no. Mm. Mm. If, how simple is that? If you never ask, the answer is always no. So why do we get so scared about asking? In fact, right, Ruff, I'm going to book in an appointment with you next week, a little meeting next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm happy to role play that out. What do you think, but listeners? What do you think? Can we can we role play this out and then we can we can have the conversation about your pay on air if you want? <laughs> My God, Rush. <laughs> so let's let's I just so. let's just role play out and finish the finish of this scenario. Oh, we haven't finished. No. Okay. Well, didn't you say oh. you wanted me to ask for how much I wanted? Oh, yeah, right. sure, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and, again, I'm not going to mention a specific dollar amount because depending on where you work in the world or whatever, you know, that the amount yeah, is going to be different. variable. But let's hmm. just say, all right, so you said how much did you have in mind. Well, yeah. I would say, well, Chloe, you know, I'm, I'm extremely aware of the fact that we're in a relationship here, that synergistic relationship here, right? So I – I want us. I want us both to succeed and and win in this. Mm. And I, it's. I absolutely don't want to steal, you know, food off your plate, and say, oh, you know, I'm a prima donna and I want you know this many hundreds of dollars or whatever. When it's like, yeah, you're not even making that much from all the clients or whatever. So I'm. I'm very conscious that I want us both to win here, and I want. To, I want to be paid what I feel is you know fair fair remuneration. I also want you to feel that you're. You know, you're you know you're taking the risk here. You're the business owner. You're providing the clients and the, the reformers and all that, and that you're getting fairly remunerated for that. So that's you know that's kind of the starting point of my thinking. Um, mm. And and I don't know your business numbers or your profit or any of that kind of stuff. And that that's not my business. But you know, from where I sit, you know, here you know this is the amount that would really make me feel good about teaching that class. Now I don't know if that's you know if that's financially you know, viable for you to, to pay that or not. And that's why I'm looking to you. But what I'm saying here is, you know, from where I stand, this is the amount that would really feel good for me. You know, so what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, fan- <laughs> no, I've never been the boss on the other end. We should have done this around the other way because you've been the boss. <laughs> I think that... Um, well, all right, we can do whatever the other way if you want. Well, I have neg- I've just been... I mean, I've just said to to studio owners owners before, you know, this is this is the rate I need for mm-hmm. this to be viable and mm-hmm. work here. Mm-hmm. And as a general rule of thumb, they've gone cool. Mm-hmm. And if not, they've gone look. Well, we can't quite come in at that, but we can come in at like five dollars under that. Would mm-hmm. that be okay with you? And I've and I've generally, if, if, particularly if I want to work there, mm-hmm. I've said yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. So there's usually a, there's I, what in my experience in regards to we're talking per class rates, yeah. uh, come, in, come in like 10 bucks higher or, you know, five, like the, there's usually a there's usually a negotiation of between yeah. like the $5, $10 mark. Yeah. 
Because we're just talking about a per class rate, yeah. right? We're not talking about an annual salary. We're talking about, okay, look, I'm currently getting paid $50 per class. I'd prefer to get 65, right? Okay, we can't we can't come in at that, but we can come in at 60. Awesome. Or I was getting 70. They were like, we can't do 70, but we can do 65. It's still going to be a bit higher than others, but you're cool with that? I'm like, yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. So I think there's, there's a, you know, a polite, a polite, you know, and, and and that's me respecting too that, okay, well, 70 just pushes it out too much for them. Yeah. They're, they're not making enough profit on that class. And what if, it's all well and good when my class is full, but what if my class isn't full or what yeah, if, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, and then, all right, so then to just flip it and just imagine that, you know, you're the employer, right, and someone's mm-hmm. just asked you for this raise and you're thinking like, oh, well, that's, you know, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> You know, that sounds like more that I'm comfortable paying. Well, mm. I th- you know, I think an approach that you can take there, and this is the approach that, you know, that we use, is saying like, okay, well, if, you know, you want to make that much, well, I can't afford to pay you that much for what you're currently doing. But if you mm. can provide, you know, this additional value, well, then I can pay you that much, right? Like if you could get two extra people on average into that class, mm. right? I can pay you that much. Or if you mm. could, you know, arrive 20 minutes early and sign people in mm. so I didn't have to pay a receptionist, then I could pay you that much. Or if you would stay mm. 15 minutes after and mop the floor or whatever, then I could pay mm. you that much. You know, like say, so what, or what if would- you promote your classes right, on your social right, media. Right, right, And right. if you would do posts for us and yeah. Right. So what would, what would, what would it look like for someone to be worth that much? You know, and then say, okay, well, you know, when when A, B, and C are the case, that's when you'll get that much, mm. and they they, get, they give someone them something to work towards. You know, and look, guys, the bottom line is the studio manager owner might just need to say no and just yeah. say, I'm really, uh, we we really genuinely value you. We see you're doing an awesome job. We love having you. Unfortunately, we just can't push to that yeah. now. It doesn't mean we might. You know, when, when you know, classes pick back up or when this or when that doesn't mean that we won't ever be able to pay you that, but right now we can't. And then, and that's totally fine too. Like it's fine. And then you can make the decision, do you stay working there or mm-hmm. do you look for other students? You know, you can, there's a bit of, you know, to and fro too. Like asking for a pay rise doesn't mean you're going to get it. Yeah. But I tell you what, if you never ask for it, you're never going to get it. Yeah. What's yeah. another situation where we could, uh, you know, deploy some radical candor? Or is that it? Have we covered it? Have we done? Have we solved every um, problems? We've solved oh, the like, midnight covers. We've solved asking for a pay rise. We've solved the messy studio. What else do we need to solve? Um, what about the instructor that are like floats into the studio one minute before the class is about to start. That's a wind up. That's, a, that's okay. that, that sends stress through everyone. Right, let, I've worked with quite a few instructors yeah. like that and they were not my favorite. No. All right. Well, let's do the radical candor. Do you want to be the, the, the studio owner this time or the studio manager or the other instructor? I like being, I quite like being the cranky studio owner. Uh, oh, how about you just no, be another no, instructor? They're not always cranky. Right? How about you're just another <laughs> instructor, right? And I'm just, yeah, I'm just. I'll be another, I'll be another instructor. I'm just wafting in and you've just taught the previous class and you're thinking, oh, crap, do I have to now stay and teach Raf's class because yes. he's not oh going to be? Yes, oh, my God, Raf, you, know? you just, you know this so well. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so true. The amount of times, guys, that I got up at freaking 4.30 a.m. to go and teach my four-class block and then you're there at some point and you're just there and you're like, they haven't shown up yet and bless the studio managers giving you those eyes like, I'm really sorry. I know you really don't want to do this and you're really tired. You've got to go and all and you were so excited. That it's like, and, and you're there and you're like, you know how to do it. Where the bloody hell are they? And you're like, you're checking in their clients and you're trying to be. And then, but I, I, what I also say is you're also starting to get a bit worried about them too. Yeah. Like there have been times that I've actually phoned, like haven't been in, get, able to get in contact with my colleague, but have known who their partner was. So now I'm messaging their yeah. partner like, is this person okay? Because I'm worried they're meant to be here. So it causes this whole stressy yeah, shit show yeah, basically. Yeah. And then in they come with a coffee and then I, in hand. And then I, like, I, yeah, oh, I run in oh, and I'm like, so oh, sorry, yeah, terribly sorry. The, yeah, yeah, the cafe, they, they were too, <laughs> they stuffed up my latte and they had to remake it. 
you know. Remember, guys, to ditch the coffee cup outside before you walk in when you're late. That's that's really good advice to being late to any sort of meeting. Seriously, there's a lot. Ditch the coffee cup first. Uh, but what if it's yes. my favourite keep cup? <laughs> Don't let me see it. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right. And again, I'm no saint, you know. I've a particular look. I was particularly bad with that when I was working in the corporate world. I think it also shows maybe like how much you love how, your job. How much do you like your job and <laughs> yeah. how invested you are in it? Because yeah. I swear to God, I was that person in my corporate role that would push it just to that last second. Yeah. I'd be like, and I would waltz in with my hair all done nice and my makeup and my nice outfit, my coffee cup in hand. Oh, is it five minutes past time of starting? Mm-hmm. Oh, like, you know, and I didn't really want to be there. Mm-hmm. I didn't. So, when I see that behavior from an instructor, I think, do they want to be here? And I'm hey, sure Chloe, it's not it just sounds like we're ha- Sounds that. like we're having a radically candid conversation because when I see you, you know, like when I was working in the corporate world and I didn't really love my job. I used to rock in five minutes late and then think, oh, is it five minutes past? And then when I see you do that, it kind of makes me think, you know, do you do you actually want to be here? You know, and that makes me really yeah. question, you know, how, whether whether you're a good fit and whether we're actually giving you what you need here. Mm. So that's awesome. That would be awesome from the, the studio manager. Mm. Uh, from the colleague, I mean, I've literally just done the whole Hey, just checking in you're okay because when you come in with a minute to spare, I'm actually genuinely concerned about your well-being. Like I'm concerned something's happened to you that morning, you've had an accident, you're, you know, because I it's not like you to be late or it's like, you know, what's going on? You, you can also, I mean, unless it is like them and then it's mm. literally just like, hey, You've put me under a lot of, you know, you being late like this again has put me under a lot of stress <laughs> this morning because, <laughs> you know, I'm like, when am I going to have to teach a class? You can be just, you can just say it like that as well. But if it's out of the norm, then you can absolutely say it's not like you. Is everything okay? Because sometimes to, you know, as, as in, you know, human beings, sometimes we just, it's like you just try and see how far you can push it sometimes yeah. too, right? Hey, you know what? What about – should we do one more before we go? Yeah. What about – It doesn't the, sound like we're going to do – I don't think we're doing – I think we're going to park – we're going to do the, the strength strength training for another episode. Yeah, I think, I think we've, like, we've, we've fully pivoted this to Radical Candor, which I think is great. Yeah, and I think we're gradually learning our lesson that one topic per episode is a good number, you know. Yeah, yeah. They, they kind of go on for days if we don't do that. But, um, yeah. All right, so all right, so this is what do you think about this one? Have you got a better mm-hmm. one than this? Like the client okay. that just does their own workout, right? So you're there teaching your class, you know, hey, everyone, we're going to do footwork, <laughs> and the client's just doing feet in straps or something, you know, and then you're like, okay, everyone, stand up, and we're going to do some blah blah, blah. and they're like, no, I'm going to do four point kneeling now, you know, like they just do their own routine. Everyone's had one of those. Do you know what though, Ralph? That used to bug the shit out of me when I was um, a newer instructor at, because it, it would um, it would throw my attention yeah. big time. You know, I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Like, and, and I'd also sometimes think, well, if they hate my programming so much. Like, why are you, you coming know, to my class? <laughs> like, why are you coming to my class if you don't? And you know what, though? It doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah, I think they just it come because they bo- like being around I'm, people. Exactly. Exact. I'm just like, I'm just happy they're there and they're moving. Yeah, I don't yeah. really care. And, and props to them if they freaking know what springs to put on and yeah. what exercises to yeah. do. I'm like, hell yeah, you've learned some cool stuff. And do you know how, do you know how I pivot it sometimes? I go, actually, let's, let's call it Amy. I'm like, I really like what Amy's doing there. That's a great suggestion. Okay, everyone, let's do that. <laughs> that like seriously. And I don't, it's not with any ounce of passive yeah, aggressive yeah, or yeah. anything. Like I'm literally just like, Cool, actually. Yeah. And I had a really cute thing when um with a lot of my regulars when I was teaching in Bondi, like I had like the staunch regulars, you know, that would come to my classes. They wouldn't miss a class. They wouldn't miss a class. And if I was teaching four classes there a week, well, then they were at those four classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they got so in their flow state and so used to my my cueing and my style of sequencing that if we were doing like some 360 and we'd get to one side and I've chosen a spring, They'd one of them would just lead into something 
just something that I'd done before but something that flowed mm. and I'd literally just go, oh, like I had this amazing client, Dilia, and I'd be like, oh, Dilia, that's awesome. Let's go. Mm. Okay, everyone, <laughs> what Dilia's doing. And I, I really loved it. So I actually think that that's one that we actually just give – it's a bit different if the client's just be, they're being really shitty at you and throwing shade at you and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Then I think that can be a radical, candid conversation after class mm-hmm. privately. So um, because constructive feedback – like that, I think that's one thing actually, Raph, that we've, we've failed to mention throughout this, this whole talk – is that it, a lot of this really should be private? Oh yeah, totally. Well, I think we've, we've we've said you know, are we going into the we're going into the office or whatever? You know, we don't do this right. In, yeah. yeah, I think sometimes though, but but that's not to say that you can't use radical candor in group chat no, and that's in true. whatnot. Yeah, you absolutely can. But if it was something like, um, for the most part, it should be private, private yeah. and it should be as media as possible. Yeah. And so, for something like a client, if a client's just you know, um, really throwing you shade and whatnot. And we all know that. And then sometimes it's hard to know whether they just are pissed off at you, they don't like you, or whether they're just, they've, you know, that's their exercise face or whatnot. Um, And you know what? The only way you're going to know is to ask them. Mm -hmm. So I actually had to, I had this, I remember this one day, it was a Sunday. I was teaching a group class, you know, and this, this particular client, just really seemed like she hated me. Seemed like she hated me. Seemed like she hated the class. Was pulling these faces, giving me, and I was like, and I, and I really got sucked into it as well. I really got like it really distracted me. I'm like, why does she hate me so much? And I tried to make it like me, and that wasn't working. And then I'm like, well, I don't know where to go from here. So afterwards, I just said to her, I just said, hey, I actually just said, hey, are we okay? You just seem like I just want to check in with you. Um, it just seemed like. Um, you potentially weren't enjoying that class. Do you know what she said? Oh, Chloe, I'm so hungover. I was just trying not to throw up on your reformer. She said that entire class, like every time the bed moved, I thought I was going to vomit on your reformer. I'm so sorry. I really love being here, which is why I didn't cancel even though I'm hungover as fuck. Um, so do you know what I mean? So I could have gone away from that going, oh, that she just hated Oh, she's not nice. Oh, that client. But, no, she was there because she liked me so much. She was willing to try not to throw up on the reformer for the entire class. So the great thing about radical candor, guys, is it clears things up. straight away. So instead of letting things fester and instead of me then going and saying, oh, guys, who's had that client before? Gee, she doesn't like me. Oh, she doesn't like being. It just clears it up. Clears it up. Mm. Yeah. That's my take on that. I'm 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 pretty okay with clients doing their own thing for the most part. All right. What about it's within reason? What about as if, in like they're not going to fall off the reformer? <laughs> what about if you were uh, a supervisor, you know, a studio owner, a manager, whatever, you know, supervising an instructor, and you know that instructor needed some feedback, like you, you know, you you walked past their class or and saw them doing something oh, like that, yeah. uh, or or you heard overheard clients in the change room afterwards going, oh, you know grumble grumble about some particular thing you know how would you how would you deliver that feedback using radical candor was it you that said was it you that said that you hear the real feedback in the change room room? as the studio when i owned a studio i used to sit outside the change room um and 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 because it was like that was in the main kind of uh, reception area, yeah. right? And I the change room was yeah. just off the reception area. So I used to sit on the it sofa was. just outside the change room and work on my yeah. laptop and whatever. And and but really I wasn't really working. I was just listening to what people were saying in the change room because I'd come back after class and I'd go, oh, you know, oh, I loved it when you did such and such. Or like, oh, you know, it's so boring when she plays the same soundtrack every week. Or, you know, like yeah. you just you hear the feedback, you know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, hot tip if you're a studio owner, go uh, or, or an instructor, go uh, casually sit just directly outside the the, yeah. the change room. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, so that can be a challenging one, can't it? Um, for 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 supervisors uh, mm. to need to speak to um, need to speak to their clients about it. Um, oh, no, no, so not, sorry, not to speak not to the clients. Client. Sorry, yeah. no, 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 no. I mean to their instructors about yeah. it. Um, again, it just needs to be private and uh, done through the eyes that 
the instructor was trying to do their best job, was intending on doing their best job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, in regards to feedback, it just needs to be clear uh, we've had this feedback from this from this um, client. Could I get your side of things as well? Like you've got to ask. Mm-hmm. That's very, very important that you get both sides' interpretation. Mm-hmm. I think that's extremely important. Um, yeah, I've I've I had that once uh, when I'd started at a, a new studio. Someone came in from another new studio. Turns out they were an instructor at a different studio. Anyway, they came in. I kind of felt a little set up with all of this. Cut a long story short, uh, I as always externally cued, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, promoted motor learning, whatnot. Set the scene at the beginning. Anyway, this particular client slash instructor uh, came from a very different set of training to me. Uh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and was expecting, you know, internal cues, activate this, activate that. Lots of imagery and all of this because she brought this up. Uh, the email that she sent to the studio owner uh, and basically uh, slammed me in it. Um, and what I really respected in how that was handled was that the owner, uh, yeah, of course, inv- asked me to come and sit in the office with him and said, hey, we've got this. He goes, I'd, I'd love your side of things. And he goes, and before we do that, he goes, I know what a fantastic instructor you are. You know, he'd been coming to my classes because I'm sorry, if you're a studio manager or a studio owner, you should be going to your instructor's classes. You should be knowing how they're teaching, what they're, you know, you should know all about your instructors in that sense. And he knew that about me. He came to my classes, you know, he knew my experience. So he said, what I see here is just a difference in style and potentially personality or whatnot. So he actually wrote back a really great uh, response to um, this client and basically said, uh, you know, acknowledged that the experience wasn't for her, but the one, you know, that that experience at that class wasn't for her, but the wonderful thing is we have multiple different trainers on, so there's going to be someone that suits everyone. And he said, we full, we hire very experienced instructors and we fully back uh, the knowledge and skill set of our instructors. So he didn't throw me under the bridge for the sake of the sake of the critical feedback from this one client and I I'm, I couldn't appreciate that more. It was so lovely because obviously, you know, you get negative feedback, particularly when you're doing your best job, right? And it comes in and it's gutting. Like I was, I felt really like really upset and really shaky about this yeah. feedback. I yeah. genuinely did because you know me, Raph, I would never, ever teach a, a class where I didn't give 150% ever, ever, mm. even when I've got gastro. Mm. Like you're still, even with gastro, you're still going to get over 100% from me because mm. that that's just what I, that's, that's how present I am with it and how much I care about it. Um, and he knew that. So, so absolutely I got private feedback. He said, this is what this person has said. He said, what's your side of it? So I gave my side. He then backed that with, well, I know your teaching style inside out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very happy with your teaching style, and I hear what you've said, and then that was his response to that person. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there will be the odd time when when an instructor potentially doesn't bring their best. Mm. And again, you know, you need to ask what their side, like what's going on for them. There might be something really like, yes, A, they might just be really hungover. Okay? Mm. Right. Or they might have had something really horrible happen that morning or they might have just, you know, found out about like something really horrible. So you've really got to, you've really got to, radical candor is not about like you can't come into it with compassion and come into it with asking both sides. Got to get both sides of the story. And then the basic, once you've done that, you know, and or if it's not about sort of feedback from a client or whatever, it's just about, you know, someone not showing up for their covers or rocking in late mm. or leaving the studio messy or whatever. It's basically, you know, talk about the behavior, not the person and yeah. make, do lots of I statements. Okay. You know, when, when I walk in from my class and the studio is messy, you know, and then talk about the impact. Okay. You know, mm. the impact is 
I, you know, I walk around stomping and cursing under my breath and spending that time, yeah. you know, you know, packing fitness circles away where I would much prefer to be, you know, cheerily greeting our clients and, yeah. you know, getting to know them and, and affirming them. Um, mm-hmm. And and then tell them what you want done differently next time. So, yes. you know, moving forward, you know, I'd really appreciate it if uh, you could leave the studio immaculate, you know, just the way that I leave it for you. How about even just moving forward, I need you to. Mm-hmm. I would take out the appreciate, mm-hmm. to be honest, because there's some things that are just part and parcel of the job. Yeah, now, part yeah. and parcel of being a Pilates instructor is you leave that sure. studio room perfect for the next lot of clients, let yep. alone the next instructor, but that studio should be set up. You know, it's just part of the job. Sure is. So I would be I would be more directive next time I need you to, this is what I need you to do going forward. Um, and then I guess you need to to monitor that behaviour if you are the sure person do. who's given the feedback. And I guess then it's up to you how many, yeah. how many, you know, warnings. I've had to say, you know, I've said before, if there's been repeat stuff that I've given radical candor about and they've agreed to change that behaviour and that behaviour hasn't changed, the next thing has been, okay, I've asked you to do this, this behaviour hasn't changed, can we please talk about what the blockers are? For you mm-hmm. in changing this behaviour, that that's where I've need, that's where I've needed, and gen, generally, that then opens up the conversation even more if that has needed to be needed to happen. Um, and I've rarely seen it be an issue from then on. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think this has been a good talk. Yeah, this has been great. I've enjoyed all the role play yeah. and the trip down memory lane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And big shout out to all the awesome instructors and studio owners out there. It's, you know, you're doing great. It's a fully immersive job, right? And mm. you, you you bring all your love and passion to it. Um, we see you. We yeah. see you doing it. We see you doing an awesome job. And, uh, you know, if, if uh, this is this conversation that we've had today has brought in any particular situations to your mind where you're like, oh, gee, maybe I could do with a bit of radical candor in that particular context. Well, mm. you know, I encourage you to 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 act on that. Yeah, and seriously, guys, like, I would say everyone listening, grab yourself a copy copy of Radical yeah, Candor. We'll link to it in the show notes. Tim Scott. I mean, it's just one of those great life skills to have and um the more you practice it the more the easier it becomes as i said you know when we start this conversation and raf you were sort of talking to it in when it's like a more of a difficult situation i'm like oh i just use radical candor for Mm -hmm. all the situations Mm -hmm. i'm like oh wait am i only meant to be using it for difficult situations Um, (laughs) where everything's a nail and it's really, 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 really helpful yeah. in a workplace. Yeah. It's extremely helpful in a workplace. Yeah. Yeah. You're awesome. You're awesome too, Ralph. And thanks to everyone for listening. And please um, share our podcast episodes. We see you doing that. That's great. Uh, I've noticed that the reviews are quite down a little, Ralph. And I'm wondering if we can like rally that back up a little. Yeah. You know? Come on. Leave us a review. Come on, we, Come we, on just, we just spend an hour Isn't and three that? minutes of our own yeah. time. You know, we don't get paid for this. Well, Chloe kind of does, yeah. but. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I do get paid for three. this. And I'm going to talk to Raph about getting a pay rise for it. Hey, um, so if you guys think I should get a pay rise, um, slip into Raph's DMs. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chloe, I'd be happy to talk about a pay rise and we'd have we talk about what additional value you need to provide know, in order I for know. that to I've be the case. I know, I'm, I'm putting it together in a portfolio. <laughs> We'll be on your desk shortly once I have all my evidence. Um, but, yeah, guys, seriously, feel free to Raph's DMs. You know where to find him, the Raphael Bender on Instagram. Um, <laughs> and if you've got any questions for us, of course, slide into our DMs. Um, yeah, we love doing this. So thanks for listening. See ya. Bye. After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist Rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, 
confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.